everybody, and welcome to episode 293 of Vigigam Apocalypse. I am your host, Michael Raparez, here in the mystical, magical Tyler Wilde Memorial Studio of the Airwaves with... Exclusive game store, Chris Antista. And... Overpriced import album, Matthew Allen. And special guest... I already spilled a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Brett Elston. It's also starting Hi. to bubble over. Uh, again. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to let it go. Like, whatever. Hi, it's me. It's Brett. Yeah, this table mm. is pretty much disposable, so it's... It does have the, like, it's starting to melt down yeah, look of a, a, a 20-year-old Ikea table. Yeah, it's a card table covered in contact paper, so uh, <laughs> it's, it's very stain-resistant. Right. But, uh, yeah, we're obviously happy to have you. On this musical adventure, we will take through soundtracks that were better than their games. Wow. I have to give credit to your wife, actually, Michael. Oh, really? This was her idea. Was it? Uh, well, uh, Diane and I were talking about a recent Laser Time episode all about black exploitation, mm-hmm. and we talked about like a lot of those movies have way better soundtracks than the actual movie. Like the soundtracks oh, are yeah, amazing, yeah. and she's like, I, "We should do a Laser Time once just about like movies with better soundtracks uh, than the movie." And I was like, "That's actually a really good good, good idea for Empire VGA Records. as well." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Yes, Empire Records for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and since we knew we were having Brett, who hosts. VG Empire, mm-hmm. video game music the, show. The video game vampire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're having this a little crossover episode. We are. Yeah. Or just think of it as one giant plug for VG Empire. Sure. Yeah. You're welcome, Brent. <clears throat> yeah, You're we welcome. just uh, wrapped up uh, an annual, our annual Rocktober block where uh, we post a bunch of episodes in a row about one specific kind of topic. And in the past, it had always been a certain series. Uh, I don't know why I said that like a snake, but um, <laughs> like one <Certain> year <laughs> series of siblings, a certain shark. Uh, <laughs> I love that you still retain that. Uh, that <laughs> so cracks me later. up to this day. Uh, Jaws Unleashed throwback. Ma- making a joke about air tanks in a GTA Four <laughs> screenshot. <laughs> Any- anyway, um, yeah. from probably ten years ago. Yeah, um, actually, yes, literally ten years ago. Damn. Uh, but normally it's like, hey, this month it's all Pokemon, this month it's all Final Fantasy or Castlevania. This year was more of a concept of really great Genesis music, like Sega or Mega, uh, Genesis or Mega Drive music that uh, was, to me, very obscure. And even the results, when, after I would post it, people would be like, I've never heard of these things. But mm. the music was so good. And I think you could argue some of those are in this vein where these soundtracks are way better than the game they're in. But I think actually by a weird chance most of those games are also actually pretty good. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I still love doing VG Empire, and this kind of episode is always, for VGA, is definitely one that's, it's a fun idea, but it's also so large. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a huge it's, field. It's, in, yeah, it's almost impossible, and the fact that you um, wanted to make this the most definitive list, like, bullet, bullet, <laughs> bulletproof thing, like, exhaustively researched, and if it wasn't, uh-huh, if it uh-huh. wasn't in the, absolutely defensible, it would bring shame upon your show <laughs> And the entire oh, integrity of Christ. Fizzy Game Apocalypse. <laughs> and this is like the longest text you've ever sent me. Uh, <laughs> We're ruined, my It's God. word for word. Yeah, actually what I did text you was like there's... I, I mean, I'm, I'm just accepting that there's no way this can hope to be definitive because there's yeah. literally, I'm sure, millions of hours of video yeah. game music that yeah. I've never heard and never will hear. Oh, sure. Uh, and even like just my, my NES folder is of game mm-hmm. music is like, uh, yeah... Uh, any of any of these could fill the whole show. Yeah. I got. A, I have a question about your Genesis show. So, how you listen to it though may not have been how it actually sounded to a lot of people, depending on which sound chip you got in your Genesis, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's a whole other like really in the weeds thing. But my my understanding is the 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 place I was getting them from is 
pretty good emulation of that. Yeah. And then obviously there's YouTube rips that are probably that are like this is ripped off the actual original hardware, or whatever. And yeah. I think those are the ones that I listen to, say on YouTube, to get a sense of like, God, this song is so good. Right. But then the ones when I when I have them, the ones I could find, I'm like, well, yeah, this maybe isn't one to one. But I mean, my limited understanding of the way the Genesis did the sounds, it's FM modulation, and mm-hmm. so even from like Genesis to Genesis, sure. because it was like very analog, sort of like yeah. it, you could have slight differences in the way this stuff would sound. And that's why I really later on really appreciated like that system could be misused very well. And I don't know what games are in this episode yet, but I'm gonna guess it's all just. So- Spinball. I was gonna say, um, I mean, so. but it's why it's why some Genesis games sound like Wolverine making love to well, a robot yeah. on top of a chalkboard, right? It's like, yeah, there's just the, the misuse, especially of electric guitars or rock sounds, are not good. But dance music, because I mean, it, it is its roots are a synthesizer, yeah. so mm-hmm. it sounds amazing in the right hands, and yeah. that's what the whole month was about. Was listen to this, like, again, great time to plug this Elemental Master Sega Genesis. Listen to the credits music. It is straight up a journey song, and it is the most '80s montage ending. Everyone, Jimmy graduated and became valid valedictorian. Blah blah blah. Got a DUI. Was never heard from again. Like it is so good. Absolutely one of the best game songs I've ever heard in my life. Oh damn. Uh, and I'd never heard it till this year. So what's uh, it called? We can listen to a snippet. <laughs> uh, it's Elemental Master, and it's the credits music. Or staff roll. Uh, I don't know if I need to fill air here or... Yes! Oh, shit. Yeah, I can see what you're saying. Oh, man. Get ready. No, Dad. It was your dream. Fuck me. (laughs) He's going to get the girl. After he Dude. does this workout montage. Uh, listen, 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 it shifts to the next part right here. Oh, yeah. And here comes the singer. <laughs> See, you say Journey. I'm hearing Neil Diamond. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I don't know what you're hearing, but I'm seeing Tom Cruise marry his plane. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and yeah. and Jimmy here. went on to have the best summer ever. And, <laughs> and he died in Vietnam. And here's basically the chorus. Oh, shit. I was waiting for that. This is the happiest I've been all week. Oh, here we go, man. It gets better. It's just a little bridge. Did we switch continents? This, I mean, this is a full song. It's like three minutes. But it has the construction of a pop song, because now you're going to the yeah. second verse. Uh-huh, yeah. And now here... With slight variations in instrumentation. If, if this doesn't modulate to a different key at the end of the song, oh, I'll it be does. Like, disappointed. Okay, oh, it does. Okay, <laughs> uh, dude, this has like, lit up my life in so many weird ways this year. Oh, man. All right. I, I know it went, it went viral from somebody else, but uh, your buddy Josh, Creative Assassin, he did this big article on 
game music you maybe never heard. That fucking Pictionary oh, it's title great. theme. Pictionary title screen. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. That is yeah, we, utterly ridiculous. That's one of those things that we discovered in like 1999 just going through every game. Like, what if let's just check every title screen and then we get to Pictionary. But I think Ooh. the composer of Pictionary might have Tim a song. Uh, yeah, we'll Walt be talking of, about uh, him soon. Odds are high. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Not Tommy Tellerico. No. no. Yeah, in fact, we'll be talking about him uh, about four entries after this. <laughs> Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. <laughs> It's just sadness porn. It is like the that's child. just the plot of Dumbo, though. What you know what I mean? Yes, I, I think course. they I think they should have they should have made it, they should have made it really gritty. I think they they could have. <laughs> I'm serious. No, 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 no. But not not like Quentin Tarantino or anything. Not but be more you're gritty. the Dumbo bitch. Well, I just feel like I've, you know the 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 cartoon Dumbo's been done, and this this Dumbo. You know, it the realism. He take no shit. Well, I'm saying the realism that they have access to now is pretty is is amazing. It's, the but the, it's the emotion and everything in that in that elephant's eyes is crazy. It'll That's get to you. That's why it's too much. But they could have made it. Why. They could have made it. You know. Like, no, no. But why? And, and it's why Tim Burton it? doing it again. Which like his Alice in Wonderland. What did that add to anybody's love of Alice should've in Wonderland? Like pre- it should have made it like precious. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And we're back to talk about game soundtracks that were better than their games. Yes. Remarkable soundtracks from unremarkable games, if you yeah, will. Sure, mm. if, you wanna, if you wanna shit on the games. <laughs> I wasn't gonna How dare you? downplay them that badly. Uh, but let's just jump in with... A fairly unremarkable game that is known for one hugely remarkable thing. Number five. This thing. Yeah, this thing. <laughs> yeah, this is Famicom, right? No, this is arcade. Oh, it's arcade. Okay, and it's it's notable. Like this is the sequel to Athena, mm-hmm. created by SNK, and it is it's not that great. You can play as uh, a modern day Athena Asamiya or her friend CA Kensu. They are the Psycho Soldiers. They have these ro- rotating energy balls around them that they can that act as a shield, or they can throw them at monsters. And it's this weird format I haven't seen repeated anywhere else, hmm. where it's sort of an automatically scrolling shoot 'em up, uh, or shooter, shmup, whatever you like to call them. But uh, the characters can jump between like five different levels, mm, and like, mm. they'll run into like blocks and enemies and weird hazards, things like that. And you know the the uh, the soundtrack does does get out some pretty cool tunes, for example. mid-80s arcade hardware. This is yeah, pretty good. which is very, again, similar architecture to a Mega Drive. Yeah. Um, that FM synthesis, baby. Oh, yeah. But see, they're, they're, they're being very good about every single instrument choice there. Yes. Like, those are all things that this hardware can do very well, mm-hmm. so it's really good. Yeah, so that that was uh, Underground Cave. This is Blazing Lava. (laughs) 
This is definitely the villain theme. Yeah, no, this is just level music. <laughs> no, man, I can I can hear the bad guy singing about himself. <laughs> this is Scar jumping around the cave. Mm-hmm. Mother knows best. Mother knows best. Yeah. So I'm burying the lead a little bit here because while that's cool, yeah. this game is known for being the first game to do what? Have a opening theme song with lyrics. Yes. This is the level one thing. It's really cool. Sounds like like Marzipan. (laughs) (laughs) Where was this recorded on an answering machine? (laughs) Yeah, like I know it's got to be really compressed, but like super compressed. You did a game music of the day with this. I did. Like way back before VG Empire existed. And, and I remember because like I actually managed to surprise you with it. You'd never I, heard of I this. I had never heard of this. Uh, I didn't even hear the in- the name of the game. Psycho. Yeah, soldier. Oh, yeah, fire, fire, psycho soldier. What's yeah. the game called? <laughs> psycho soldier. Chris, psycho soldier. Chris, I'll sing it again. Okay. But, but this is arcade, right? You, you mentioned this yeah. is arcade. This is arcade. You there's no way you can do that on like an NES. Yeah. Game, right? No. That's no. why the only reason I was thinking I Famicom mean, for some reason was because it was so compressed that I was yeah. like, oh, maybe they compressed well, like a 30 second. It, it's sort of like hearing Bart say, eat my shorts sure, in Space yeah. Mutants. Yeah. Uh, right. Where they have to go to black. Like, we can't do anything else. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but uh, I, I was kind of surprised because, uh, so number one, I, I give them credit for actually recording an English version for the American market instead of just using the original Japanese vocals. Pretty which, impressive. Yeah. And. Uh, again, overdubbed, baby. As far as I know, this was the the first arcade game to actually feature a vocal track. And Did uh, that Journey game, Wasn't I think that, like, that technically no, not at all. Yeah, that, that had that had some voice. That had a tape deck in. Oh, it. Yeah, yeah, it 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 <laughs> so I think like once you hit the ending, it would actually play yeah. a tape and then rewind oh. it. And I guess maybe it's why it's why if you emulate it, you've yeah. never gotten the real experience. Huh? Uh, well. Yeah. I was surprised because this the original was performed by a pop idol named Kaori Shimizu, and the credited composer is uh, Eikichi Kawasaki, who is the founder of SNK. Wow. Oh, shit. Like, n- now retired, but... Uh, Isn't this in that SNK 40th anniversary collection? Yes, it is. So if you have a Switch and you have the 40th anniversary collection, you can play Ooh, Psycho Soldier and Athena and a bunch of other games. Even though you just said this game's not very good. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't say it wasn't very good. I'm saying it's unremarkable except for that theme song. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would play it just to experience that theme song in a game that's going to yeah. look like out of mid-80s, and, but with the vocal track. And if really anything, cool. the, the thing that makes it not so great is that that vocal track plays once you start the first level, and then it completely fades away, and there's no music for the rest of the first level. <laughs> oh, wow. So, <laughs> Well, just speed. you got to speedrun it, man. Mm-hmm. It's the thing about lyrics, man. That's I think that's why they're not in a lot of game songs. It would make you get tired of the song even faster. Yeah, I guess so. But they could just continue playing the instrumental. I, I maybe mean, there wasn't enough. Somehow, memory. Persona gets away with it. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 <laughs> Every single time. Yeah. But Actually, yeah. Uh, yeah, the behind the scenes bit. I was adding some music to uh, last week's show, and it was Yaka's music. And, and same mm-hmm. deal. I came across tracks with vocals. I'm like, stop! Don't yeah. do that. Stop singing. We're trying to talk over this <laughs> yeah, music. I have to cut around these. Uh, we can also talk over this. Number four. Hey, Samurai 
I shouldn't be in this village. My sister gets scared when she sees samurai. Go away! Get out of here! Uh, this is from a game that I kind of loved, but yeah. I can admit is sort of terrible. It's choose-your-own-adventure, the samurai version. Yes. I mean, the whole series. This is Way of the Samurai. Yeah. The Way of the Samurai 3, three specifically, yeah. which has shit like this. This is the title screen music. Supposed to resign? <laughs> yeah, so you should have your head bowed at this moment, be no. signing your letter, and uh, preparing your seppuku mat. I feel like the, mo- the the FBI is raiding my mafia. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're supposed to grow your hair out long, like Tom Cruise, and go be the white man that helps the last of the samurai. Uh, I get it. I, now I understand. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it has this very it's pretty big, cool. Big operatic feel. It's it's that is so channeling Hans Zimmer's score from The Last Samurai. Like it's ridiculous. Oh, maybe a bit. So, so the, I haven't watched that or listened to that since like oh five. Mm-hmm. Is it same? Is he full Hans Zimmer yet, or is he learning to do the <laughs> like that hasn't happened yet? He right? hasn't done the no. He hasn't done the horn inception the, thing. Right? The inception mm-hmm. horn oh, yeah. thing. So yeah. it's I, I totally forgotten what his style is. When well, it's I mean, not, it's also he's Lord of the, no. I'm sorry, that's not Hans Zimmer. That's a different guy that's Lord of the Rings. But no. The, um, no, that Don. I better check that Hans Zimmer is okay. the last singer. Well, <laughs> this this is the composer here is Noriyuka Asakura, who is also the composer on Roni Kenshin, apparently, oh, yeah. or a composer. Uh, he also did uh, Tenchu Three and Capcom Fighting Evolution. Oh wow! And I love this score because these songs are not just big and operatic; they also go all over the place. So here is the crazy ass battle theme, just the beginning. Okay, so you've got Samurai Crossing Swords, it's super cool, and then it goes into Surf Rock for some reason. (laughs) I've been to Japan, I know. Dick Dale. Oh yeah, here we go. (laughs) Bunch of horns kicking in. I feel like this is continents away from what's going on. That's really good, though. Yeah. Like, and I just love the, the multi-layered yeah, like, the bass track. That's very like layered and rich for a PS2. Yeah. This is PS3. Kind of yeah. oh, early okay. PS3. Uh, like 2007, I okay. want to say. And uh, yeah, and then it just goes into this crazy-ass solo. Wow. Yeah. Good lord. Wow, yeah, I, I gotta yeah. take a breath after that. <laughs> yeah, I. Yeah, the, a, I mean, like it sounded like a, 
I heard a more personal story. It, it sounded like a guy in a sombrero just stole my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what this that, is? This is channeling. That I sounded think? like the Mexican apocalypse now at the end. <laughs> I think what he's going for here is this is very much kind of the the guitar on like the Kill Bill Volume One soundtrack, mm-hmm. which was Dick really, Dale. Yeah, well, there's Dick Dale, but no, I mean, Kill Bill had that like really signature. The dun, 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 oh yeah, the the battle without honor. Yeah, humanity. yes, yes. And so I think they're going for a little of that. I even heard like so. Yes, there's some like. Uh, Latin inspiration there, but there's a little bit in some other tracks I was listening to this, there's like a Western-inspired theme, which sort of relates like when you are the the Ronin samurai. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they do give those stories like a little bit of this, like you are this this desperado running through the, you know. And and that I should probably say a little bit more about this game, that at at the beginning of the game, like you are the last survivor of a battle, and uh, you're just kind of staggering around wounded. Uh, You can get rescued by peasants or you can like draw your blade on those peasants if you want to just scare them away and wander off and do your own thing but you're you're in this like clockwork village with like a couple of there's like a, a castle nearby with a samurai clan and like another abandoned castle that's been taken over by these bandits and you can kind of like uh, join up with either faction or play them off against each other and it's it's a really cool little compact game that is also kind of ugly and clunky yeah but um, worth experiencing, and I one one of my favorite things in this game is just to listen to the music that plays when you're wandering around at night, which again goes through a bunch of different permutations. I mean, it becomes sort of more ominous when you realize that when you're wandering around at night, you can run into, for example, ghosts or, like, serial killer samurai who will try to just attack you and and fuck your shit up, and they're super creepy. Hmm. And they're well accompanied when the music turns to this. I feel like this is going to break into it. Yeah. Oh, got to keep that beat. Give me. And then it goes all relaxing and spacey for some reason. Think about looking up at the stars and wow. listening to this. Some solo acoustic guitar there in the back. Wow. Ground hey, control no, no. to major time. <laughs> Yeah, and all this for a really niche game that pretty much nobody <laughs> played in the U.S. Yeah, that's one of those um, just more like mind-blowing things of yeah this game that no one remembers and the yeah. professional level of this score yeah. um is outrageous for is, how much time and effort mm-hmm. was put into that and how good it is just on these samples aren't yeah. these the games that depending on what you choose like they can last two hours or 20 hours like they are sort of choose an adventure and you yeah can... i don't think i've ever had a game last 20 hours but yeah that <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I, I i've said about these games that they are they're not long but they're broad so like mm-hmm. the the ideal game time is maybe about two to four hours, but you can do a lot of stuff. Mm. And every every choice matters. Every every decision will lead you into a new storyline. 
And it is unfortunately possible, especially in this game, to continually get stuck in the same thing where, like, all right, I chose to fight with the bandits and my the, the samurai clan came and kicked our asses and I've gotten the same ending like three times and it hasn't changed any. Oh, wait, no, this time I survived somehow. I was the last survivor and went to challenge the samurai lord and he killed me and that's it. <laughs> so is there saves coming though? Like, can I do the equivalent of when I choose my adventure books, I would leave my finger on the last page so that I could I just turn back I don't there? remember. I think it might have one continuous save file. Yeah. So you can sort of do that, but maybe not. Okay. Um, I just know that those cha- those choices felt binding for some reason. Well, I can tell you this next one doesn't have many binding choices. Number three. I have unleashed a wickedness that waited centuries for revenge. This is what I released you from, Edward. What was trapped in the stone. And now it wants it back. What's with this fucking stone? What's with this fucking stone? <laughs> I'm Edward Conby. I'm a... An investigator. I'm fighting the forces of the devil over here. But I'm here alone. (laughs) Alone, and it's really dark. Yeah. I'm alone, and it's 2008. I'm alone in the dark here, exploring Central Park, and there's weird penis tentacles everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Is this this, this alone in the dark? (laughs) This is alone. 2008 version, not the... the Yeah. So this... uh, I remember going to the original preview event for this and i remember this yeah vaguely but talking to someone afterward it's like they were like well i don't know about the game but that soundtrack has me fucking sold Mm -hmm. uh because it it has this really operatic soundtrack thanks to a collaboration between the composer olivier de riviere i think is i'm I'm no good with french that sounds like an assassin's creed villain well he is an assassin's creed composer he did the music for assassin's creed 4 and uh, a bunch of other stuff that is cool remember me one of Brett's favorite That's, games. Yeah, come and on, come on. Vampire. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. remember me, his music was good. Yeah, it is. And it's because Olivier de Riviere did it. But it's a collaboration between him and this Bulgarian women's choir known as Mystery of the Bulgarian Voices, who sing stuff like this. soaring use of horns but i think the track that if if you remember anything from this soundtrack it's probably this Does that happen? I feel, I feel like I'm watching the opening of the Olympics. Yeah. <laughs> that that actually plays when you are that the, near the beginning of the game where you like escape from this collapsing apartment building and you have to frantically drive to Central Park as like New York streets are tearing oh, up all yeah. around you. And it's this really good like edge of your seat moment. And and that song, Who Am I? I think it helps a lot to, to just sort of drive home the, the drama that you're supposed to be mm. experiencing and it goes on. Yeah. 
kettle drums. It's pretty good. Drive this taxi through these. I just want to. I want to picture just your car clipping through things and falling <laughs> through the ground. Like. That happened so many times yeah. while this was playing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I hear that, and like my first thought is like it's sort of like the go team, almost like uh, it's just that, the, every noise at the same time. Well, it also just that like sort of cheerleader like voice as percussion. Oh yeah, where yeah. it's just right. constant. Yeah. It, it, huh. it gave me a little bit of that, you know, in Near Automata, like one of the best soundtracks mm. in recent mm-hmm. years. Like yeah, I just yeah. love all of the songs that that have like the the choirs. Um, the other thing, so. Uh, the first song you played from this does this a bit more than the others you're talking about. I heard it a little bit at the end of that last one. Um, one of the reasons this kind of stands out to me is it uses a lot of Eastern, Middle Eastern scales, mm-hmm. which I'm probably pronouncing this wrong. So um, I, al- I always just read this. I've never heard anyone say this word out loud, but it's uh, the fr- Phrygian or Phrygian mode. Phrygian, fr- yeah, think, Phrygian yeah. scales. Um, and, and basically that's those things that sound foreign to us as Westerners. Like when you, when you hear like basically like in mosques like the the prayers and stuff like mm-hmm. that like those are using middle eastern scales and so mm. that's what they use in that first intro song and it, and it gives everything that otherworldly sound to westerners right because yeah. it, it is like other to us and then even in that last song they, they at the very end there they started to blend a little bit of that goes over the those are very traditional western scales and western like mm. you know the resolution of that music is very much like what it's almost like you can predict what the next note will be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think that's where it ends up sounding like so unique to us where very easily that first song you played, that could have been an Assassin's Creed song mm-hmm. like from, from that, from like the first Assassin's Creed. Right. And yeah. I think that's what makes it kind of stand out. And especially for the time, like 2008, people weren't really doing this. No, no, no nothing this bombastic or expensive sounding. Uh, come on. PS2. But- Rygar guys. <laughs> <laughs> PS2. The- Holy shit. Uh, but the the song, the uh, chanting one, the Katovsan Neprobun, that's like, uh, if you look up the lyrics, it's called Who Am I? And all the lyrics are about, like, uh, what is this face? Alone uh, in the dark I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's that. Um, I, but, can, I can understand. But it ties into, like, at the beginning of the game, Edward Carnby, the investigator, is <laughs> amnesiac because it turns out, like, oh, he's actually been possessed by the devil for the last 80 years, which has kept him from aging. Mm. And so now he's just waking up and, like, oh, what's this modern world I'm in? This is strange. And I don't remember anything about myself or who I am. Hmm. I need to go reestablish my identity in one night in Central Park, fighting <laughs> the devil. One uh, sarsaparilla, please. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this was uh, a game with a lot of problems. Um, you know, it was it was still kind of fun. I had a lot of weird affection for it at the time. Uh, also, one of those games that was like completely different on Wii and PS2 than it was on 360 That's PS3. I was about to ask you, and then there were drastic differences on the PS3 port that came later. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. The PS3 Possibly. did come later, and they fixed a bunch of stuff. Mainly, mm. like they made it so your flashlight uh, didn't take it didn't need constant refills of on batteries, and so your batteries didn't have to take up an inventory slot, and like that made everything so much easier. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, now you know. But by then it was too late and the franchise was destroyed. Uh, well, they had one kind of, <laughs> uh, like, downloady game, XBLA kind of game that came out later that I've already forgotten mm. about. 
I feel like Alan Wake did what this was trying to get at. There were a lot of similarities. Mm. Because it was only like a year or two after this, right? The first Alan Wake? Something like that. Maybe like two or three years? Yeah. I think Alan Wake was probably generally a better game. I mean, oddly enough, a game you can no longer get because of its soundtrack. Of all the yeah. music on oh, really? And because yeah. of its great uh, Duracell and Verizon promos. <laughs> yeah, I, I needed those. And thermos branded thermoses. Yeah. Just just it, like Star Tours. It so actually has a character in one of the DLC chapters asking, can you hear me now? Oh, my God. Oh, goodness. <laughs> yep, got our contracts oh, all wrapped up nice and tight. Nothing's ever going to yep. come back to bite us on this one. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a big finish. You to, didn't what? Yeah. <laughs> here's a big finish to Who Am I? was in there yeah (laughs) that's where we get that you didn't know that all right this number two may surprise you gee it sure is boring around here my boys this piece is what (laughs) all true warriors strive for this can't be real i just wonder what ganon's up to Ah, yes, this is one of the nonsensical, non-existent, apparently, according to Brett, um, CDI Zeldas. CDI, baby. <laughs> Which, by the way, on this on this week's 302010, I meant to look into it more. Sony and Philips together announced the CDI format in 1988. Yeah. That they want to mm-hmm. move, they want to try and make an interactive thing out of this whole compact disc. Yeah, we thing. talked about it last show. That Sony happens. had flirted with people for several. They they, they talked to Nintendo about games. They talk, they were partnering with Philips, like they were sure. trying to do all this stuff. Well, Nin- the PlayStation. Nin- yeah, Nintendo was going to partner with Philips after giving Sony the cold shoulder. Yes. With a surprise public announcement that Sony wasn't briefed on. Yes. No, I know, but I just didn't know that the, the beginnings of that were in 1988. That yeah. seems insane. Well, I mean, Six years of developing this format. Yeah. Sony... And then we got this? Yeah. <laughs> Sony owned CD at first, didn't it? Like, it was the developer, right? Uh, I don't know. I, I, know. Maybe I know that's Shiba. the case with Blu-ray. Like, Sony Sony mm-hmm. was tied to Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think that, that happens all the time, where you'll have, like, a hardware manufacturer pushing a standard... Uh, because it's the one that they developed, and they get licensed. Mm-hmm. I think they get some money every time you. you print I thought them. CD was like a joint owned thing, like it might DVD, have been. right? I thought it was in DVD, be. like yeah, a, it might a, be. an amalgam of people. I don't know. The the thing is that Sony talked to Philips, and they were like, "Squad alive, we are off." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, as much as I uh, love love to shit on this game and its bizarre uh, cut rate everything. Russian animation studio cutscenes. Yeah, everything. Yes, it's Dr. Cat's animated cutscenes. Uh, Long ass load times, everything else. Uh, it did have tunes like this. The demo button on the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear the claps again. Here they are, huh? Pretty good. I like it. Yeah. I mean, what you have to remember is this is a CD, right? It's yeah, CDI, yeah, yeah. so you're getting CD quality music. This is the first time you'd ever heard anything like like this in a Zelda game, right? For Cause, sure. Because NES, yeah. yeah. NES had five sound channels. That's mm-hmm. it. That's what it had to work with, right? Uh, and so you weren't getting anything like that on NES or or SNES. And so to hear. CD quality music behind a Zelda game. That's why I kind of well CD this. quality in quotes. This was yeah, this was, was very clearly MIDI. I mean, it's still um, MIDI, but yeah. it's 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 doing more than the other systems could do. I'm just uh, trying to imagine what scenario Link would ever be in to warrant that music. 
Uh, Probably well, DDR. he was apparently exploring <laughs> the Goronu face, which I, I'm assuming is one of the faces of evil. Uh, much like this is uh, accompanying his adventure in the Firestone Lake. This is so, like, anime br- uh, going to break. Like, <laughs> I, I think, to me, this sounds like Amiga music with, like, slightly better instrumentation. It I definitely can't tell if that's, reminds- you're right. I can't shake that. I can't tell if it's the ending theme or, like, when the, like, six logos pop up at the end of an yeah. anime. <laughs> it's just so, it's extremely, yeah, 80s anime to me. Or maybe, like, late 80s, early 90s anime. But I also get some of those instrument choices that remind me of Turbo Duo songs as well, where you'd probably pull from similar sound library oh, or yeah, something. Yeah. Well, th- these were composed by a man named Tony Trippy, who was also uh, a sound designer on Frequency. And, oh, wow. Uh, has now, uh, now I'm in there. Yeah, has a website that needs to be updated uh, where he <laughs> advertises his services as an audio engineer. But he, he also did the audio for 1995's I Am Mean, which I only know about because of millennials posting about it on Twitter. Uh, Never. Apparently a uh, an edutainment adventure fully animated on CD-ROM. Whoa. Huh. I got some more tracks here. Here's uh, Link visiting Guonam's house. Peter Gabriel Like doing like what? This is not. Uh, well, that's I have to ask you guys. Like, none of us played any of these. No, games, no we right? couldn't. Like, no. well, we weren't millionaires, we, right? Yeah, we couldn't afford wasn't the hardware. CBI, like a two thousand well, What is wild though is as long as we've been doing this, never at any point, Chris, did we ever like play this? That seems play so weird. I know. It's yeah. hard to emulate. Yeah, it is. Like, why, why and I, I, I went to, to all the trouble to get a three DO working, and no one watched my Demolition Man stream. <laughs> It was destined a full to be motion blocked, video so. of Wesley Snipes really fighting Sylvester Stallone, and you're controlling yeah. it. It's crazy. I want to find out what you do with the shells, Chris. <laughs> yeah, That's if their only the video currency. answered that question. I'm sure there's a tie-in six-issue comic book we can do. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Um, well, here's, here's one that people seem to like, the Toiku Lighthouse theme, so I'll, I'll give it one last try. Well, this is a challenge of wild and crazy kids. <laughs> this is like track seven in a Paul Abdul album. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of like this is like uh, early '90s CD-ROM uh, edutainment music, but with a beat. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it, like they were trying that. They gave a beat to Mr. Wizard visiting the crayon factory. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think it, it, it works pretty well. And, you know, considering that the... Yeah, like, if you've ever seen these games in action, they are, like, weird hybrids between adventure games where you have to find an object and use it with a thing. And, like, they're clearly modeled on Zelda 2 where everything's side-scrolling mm-hmm. and... 
But again, none of us have ever played these because, according to Brett, they're not real. Well, I never, I never said that. You've said <laughs> I, that several times. I probably did. Well, it's uh, it's not so much that you say they aren't real as that you don't acknowledge that they exist. Uh, no, I acknowledge they exist. I just, <laughs> if anything, at this point, I'm I'm just again surprised that we never played through them. Yeah, and, uh, it is surprising. <laughs> and I'm also like, I really like that music, and I'm really conflicted right now. <laughs> Um, uh, maybe maybe someday. Who am I? <laughs> who are you indeed? <laughs> Kato san neprobudin. <laughs> Which actually means from a deep slumber. I'm and glad you looked this up. What? I did. I did. <laughs> did you look it up on your phone or on a desktop? On the desktop. Did you have a drink handy or was uh, like anything you were drinking at the time? Does a LaCroix count? Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, okay. When well, you're at a desk or... Are you imagining me doing a spit take? What? No, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to paint the scene. <laughs> you trying to get inside Michael's head? Very Don't do important. That. Was, it like, was it like before? No, lunch, the, the lunch? audience isn't ready for this curtain to be lifted. <laughs> all right, all right. Did you did you tell them about your treads for legs or? You know what I will tell them about. <laughs> Here we go. Man, is Laser Time starting? Ladies and gentlemen, I've been activated. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of Laser Time. You will complain about and or not listen to it. So, the internet's seventh leading pop culture podcast. <laughs> yes. It's much lower now. Okay. Tim Fallen with Sober it's- Surfer, um, which also opened the first episode of VG Empire, mm-hmm. because the first episode was kind of a grab bag of like, hey, this is the, this is the idea for the show. Um, we're going to do a quick Tim and Jeff Fallen uh, tribute episode, and... He unfortunately, if you look up their discography or their their album history, they got saddled with a lot of licensed games that were not very yeah. good, and we all knew it as kids. But even as little kids, this the you would turn on these games. And I remember like playing Wolverine at the time and be like, "Oh, I can't wait to play this Wolverine game." Yeah, and thinking, "I don't think this is very good." <laughs> but yeah. man, this stage, the stage two music is out of control. Well, his whole discography is like yeah. loserish games that had <laughs> really amazing soundtracks. For example, you remember Treasure Master? Oh, this is insane. Everyone hates yeah. Treasure Master, but it has an amazing fucking soundtrack. It's just super hard hitting. Uh, this like wi- wavering this noise. Yeah, that's extremely Tim Fallen. Oh, the the record scratch effect here, whatever. Holy shit. That was basically like Pac-Man siren. Uh, I've listened to this so you many see times. Brett's hand motions during this. This is a, this is a treat. I've listened to this in, incalculable. Uh, what what platform is that on? NES. Yeah. That's NES. Yeah, yeah. they, they that's, do. That's, that's five sound channels. That's impossible. Yeah, Tim Fallen is a master, a oh, master yeah. of the <laughs> NES sound chip. Because you know what they're doing is they're yeah. like they literally have to cut out one track so to do the other track. Yeah. yeah. So him, the, Tim, and his brother Jeff, who worked on Plock. So like they're they're. <laughs> Excuse me. They're freaking insane with what they can do. But I think they also got their start. I might be mixing up my histories here. But some of their stuff came over from the C64, which had a completely different mm. sound to it. But I would equate yeah. that sound with this super, almost noodly, experimental music sound that was not uh, common, especially in the first few years of the NES. But as more and more European and Western developers made games, this is what you kept hearing because... They were inspired by a lot of these European programmers and composers that they would then go on to do the themes for NES Jurassic Park that is just way too good 
for yeah. how mediocre the game is. It's it's like yeah. it's almost distractingly good. Like, it is. The, the music's too good, and you're like, how can I play a game when this is on? Like, yes, and it, I'm guessing this. Yeah, this is like a the almost like lifetime achievement award is number one. It's no it's no one game. It's it really is. I this mean, Tim Fallon's entire work is yeah. stellar output on games where you're like, Meh. Silver Surfer is <laughs> yeah, probably it, the biggest yeah. shining example of a terrible yeah. game with an amazing soundtrack. Yeah, it's and it's right. just nuts. And yeah. uh, when we were same thing, my friend Josh and I. When we were digging through all these NES games and find like the Pictionary title screen or whatever it was, like when we would when we realized like wait this was awesome this was awesome and these kind of sounded like wait this is all by the same guy and like putting that together in like the mid nineties it was like oh damn now we have to look up everything this dude did which at a time when no one was cataloging that so it was just let's play every game we can find. And see if Tim Fallon did music for it. If it's an LJN licensed game, yep. odds are high. Yeah, yeah, right. I was gonna say, like, I think somebody at LJN and Ocean had nude pictures of the Fallens because <laughs> they were sort of like. Um, but yeah, the Silver Surfer a- one in particular, like, I think it fits. Like, it just has this sort of triumphal feel that oh, somehow yeah. fits Silver Surfer really well. Hey, this is. Pedal, and especially for a shoot 'em up, like this is perfect. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's super hectic, crazy music, but you're just dying all the time, and it's super frustrating yeah. to play. Yeah. And this and like the X Men game, when you rent them as kids, you play it for seven seconds and think, yeah. "How have I been lied to?" <laughs> yeah. But he definitely had like a lot of yeah, that which space sucks, tone get... stuff in there, like yeah. a, lot, a lot of those things. You're like, it gives you that feeling of like, "Oh yeah, yeah Silver Surfer is like this cosmic adventure." Yeah. Right, yeah. with the soundtrack and the character, it should have had all the ingredients like just make a fucking Gradius game and be done with it, and it still somehow failed. Yeah. It has, uh, it just has all the right ingredients. It's such but a bummer. I think also in an era of very short loops that passed for music, like oh, the, yeah. the amount of complexity just in this like level theme is yeah. sort of amazing. Like here's here's just a breakdown. And that's also a recurring sound that that. You hear that a lot. Oh yeah, this is really cool. Jesus, that's Uh, a guy on a keyboard for the most part, and it's just jamming up. It's insane. But you know, one of the reasons games might have not been that great is. There wasn't a lot of memory on those cards. <laughs> no. These songs might have been taking up like most of the game yeah. memory. Yeah. Sorry, like, we had to get we had to take away all of Silver yeah. Surfer's powers to fit it. He can only he can only throw ice. There, there's only like five enemy sprites, but you get to listen to this. Yeah, this one's great. This is a this is a seventies dance special on ABC. Uh-huh. This is like Tonight live from Georgia. Or wherever. Just imagining a, an ugly wizard in a giant hat with a feather in it sitting oh, under his yeah, toadstool, yeah, yeah. drawn by Peter Max. It sounds like one of those like celebrity shows from the 80s. It's yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Featuring Jim J. Bullock. <laughs> um, but he also he went on to do stuff later with uh, more instrumentation. For example, uh, he did the soundtrack for the Starsky and Hutch yeah. PS2 game. Shit. Accepting the award is... <laughs> it's Huggy Bear. <laughs> Uh, I don't like I any of the cars in Vigilante 8. I think this was the last game he worked on, right? No. Um, 
The last game, according to his Wikipedia discography, is Contradiction Spot the Liar for iOS in 2015. Oh, wow. Before that, Lemmings on PS3 in 2006, which, by the way, the thing that would play in the... Yeah. Just the console menu when you, like, highlighted the game without going into it, like... I could listen to that for hours and like fell asleep listening to wow. it more than once. I remember the main like stage one music really well. I don't remember the title screen yeah. or menu music, um, but yeah, this was Tim Fallon was an inspiration to me. Uh, not just as a little kid going, "This music's great." It was more like when I started digging into who are game composers and what games did they work on, and I want to start acquiring a body of game music to have a huge archive. Um, his work is what inspired me to pretty much start that. Obviously, all the usual games from Nintendo, Capcom, Sega, Konami, like all those things, obviously on the NES is what made me a fan of game music in the first place. Mm-hmm. But the idea of like, I'm going to try to actually learn all these composers and really dig in and explore the entire library of the NES for music was hearing Tim Fallon and thinking, this doesn't sound like anything else on the system. What else is out there? And this just like just didn't broaden my horizons. It, it erased what my preconception was of NES music. Like, oh, I love the Double Dragon music. I love Castlevania mm-hmm. music. But this was, this doesn't even sound anything like those. Any of the instrument choices, any of the way they express all the the limited channels that these that the system had, it was insane. And this guy had to put them in games that were no fun to play. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just reading about like why he stopped. Uh, because like yeah, someone this good, you're like, why did they stop? And it's so sad. It's such a, a picture of the video game industry. Mm. He had to stop because it, uh, the nature of composing for game development, it's just the work was too irregular, and games kept getting canceled, and so mm-hmm. he couldn't make a living out of it. Oh, man. And it wasn't consistent work, and so he had to pursue other careers in film and like design, and, and basically he's just he had to find more steady work sure so it's not like a thing where he, he just couldn't do music anymore it's just like no i just yeah. can't make a living doing this he, and that's he sucks. did the the soundtrack for time tracks remember that oh, show dude but, uh, but for the unreleased <clears throat> game based on it. oh oh i know uh we gotta have a whole side conversation about that and about which at which speed you're playing the music back hmm. uh look into that it's amazing all right uh the time track soundtrack it's <laughs> it's really good all right well that's been our top five of amazing soundtracks out oh of... i did want to give some one thing that did pop in my head oh, please. i gotta give a shout out to toshinden too oh yeah it was one of the first shows when we we're doing vg empire i'm like i'm just gonna lead up front this is god tier music mm-hmm. um toshinden 2 is not a particularly great fighting game no um but that soundtrack absolutely insane top to bottom uh wailing saxophones shredding guitars <laughs> absolutely nuts for a game that you know my friends and i played because it was like the fighting game we had on hand so like, yeah we'll play toshinden too but the soundtrack is outrageously good so uh to me i, I wish i would have thought of that ahead of time yeah. but man please oh, look well. that up there's a vg empire as well if you don't want to look it up and want to have uh me tell you at it um, you can do that instead. <laughs> All right. Well, that's been our top five. We hope you had as much fun as we did. Uh, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to talk about a shit ton of new releases, uh, some news, some other stuff. So stay tuned.
Let's get scratching. Is the world of today getting you down? Well, then why not check in on some of the good stuff that happened this week in movies, TV, games, and more 30, 20, and 10 years ago this very week with our show 30 2010. Here's a clip from 2008. And it goes into a little bit, and I don't know how much of it is true or how much of it is dramatized, but the phone call between him and Frost when he's super drunk mm-hmm. is really makes you think a lot about how villains become villains. What are you wearing? <laughs> <laughs> Your refrigerator run. <laughs> Diane, this is better. Yeah, way um, better. Yeah, but, which I can't get, I'm never tired of saying this. I did not know when Nixon did his, I'm not a crook thing. He's a fucking Epcot. <laughs> what? Really? <laughs> yes. He's in Disney World. Oh, it makes you know? me love Epcot even more. <laughs> Just let me enjoy the carousel of progress, people. <laughs> Yeah, the world well, of tomorrow. That's a magic kingdom. My bad. <laughs> I want to go in the land. <laughs> On the Ooh. little the boat ride where you Ooh, see tomatoes. <laughs> What's the one with the Viking ship? Oh, no. It's Norway. frozen now. <laughs> uh, do we have to do the show anymore? I would just like to do Nixon walking around. That. The teacups make me crazy. <laughs> Jump into the past with 302010 every Thursday on lasertimepodcast.com or iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Five, four, three, two, one. And welcome back to our final segment where we will waste no time jumping straight into that enormous pile that we now call the... These are the new releases, they are releasing just Cause 4 is out this week. I thought we were Holy done shit. with the releases for the year. We, we thought we yeah. were like done. And no, this, this week is enormous. We can't, We haven't yeah. even played Smash Brothers, which will be out on the same day on, that yeah, this yeah. show comes out. But we will talk about it next week. But Just Cause we That's will right. talk about because we yes. have played that. Doesn't Just Cause always... It always launches in December. Does it? I think so, yeah. Huh. So they're always late. Because yeah. you're really not <laughs> supposed to launch after Thanksgiving if you're a video game. Yeah, no, we, we played a lot of this, so... I will say this. I actually like Just Cause 3. I know it got a bad rap at launch because it did have some performance issues, but I played it kind of after that. Pro strat, folks. Wait to play video games till six to eight months after launch, and then they would have fixed all those launch issues you always hear all the reviewers complain about. Plus, by that point, they'll probably be like yep. 5 to $10. Exactly. Yeah. But I really like Just Cause 3, but when I first started up Just Cause 4, it was a thing where... Michael and I were like wondering if some of the assets were still like streaming in. Well, or you were you were sending me like, a picture of like just close up against a wall, and there's like a warning sign that is completely unintelligible because of how low res it is. Yeah, so your 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 character textures look fine, if not a little bit aliasy. But then, like, I love that show. It didn't look great, but and I said, Michael, I, I don't know if this is just a mess or if it's a glorious mess. Mm. And now, having put several hours into it, I can confirm. This is a fucking glorious mess. Oh, that's this good. This game is broken in all the right ways. <laughs> so it is it is mayhem. Like it, so like in, in Just Cause 3, toward the end of the game, the, the two factions went into all-out battle, and you would just see shit happening around you. This game just starts with that. It's like there's constant fighting around mm-hmm. you. You will just see like helicopters shooting, you know, raining down fire on people and stuff like that. And it's just like it's one of those games where one of the most fun things you can do is just stand still and rotate the camera slowly around you and see what's happening. And, mm-hmm. and you get to see sort of how broken some things are. Like, the helicopters don't move the way helicopters are supposed to move in this game. They float and they duck and dive and do weird yeah, stuff. Yeah, I did notice when I was piloting one, it's like, how do I make this go up and down? I guess I don't. You, It's all just the accelerator. But anyway, oh, yeah. 
But, and so at first you're like, oh, this really doesn't look great. And it even, I didn't think it looked as great as, as Just Cause 3. I quickly got over that. None of that fucking matters. It's all about the physics in this game. Because this is a true sandbox. And plus, I think after playing Red Dead Redemption 2, like any open world game now has a lot to live up to. And is it's going to be tough keeping yeah. up with that. But like, this game is like, if Red Dead Redemption 2 is just known for being kind of slow and, you know, you mosey from place to place... Just Cause 4 is like, no, fuck it. We're getting you yeah. right in the action. You're going to be surfing on top of cars and planes. One of the things that I kind of, it's a knock against it. They don't bother telling you about a lot of stuff. They like assume mm-hmm. you know how to do all the controls and yeah, the grapples. For example, how to fly around with the parachute and the uh, right. the grappling hook and the, the wingsuit also. Yeah, to the point where I, I had forgotten how to do one of the moves they kind of taught you the last game. And I got a trophy for it. It's like, oh, you spent 15 minutes just traversing the way we did in, in Just Cause 1 and 2. And so now yeah, you get same. a trophy for that. And it's like, um, oh, yeah. I, I will say I... I Compare it like just the opening is much more Just Cause two than three, and that like both two and four kind of start the same way, where it's just like, yeah, we're just gonna throw you at this like installation in the mountains, just yeah. go blow some shit up. Yep. And three, I felt like was a lot more like, oh, let's spend some time establishing the characters and doing yep. some cutscenes and some tutorials. Three and... does a much better job of trying to introduce you to Just Cause. Mm-hmm. It, it's literally that. It's slowly like puts you in these things whereas four is just straight up like nope it, we're gonna drop you in here you have to know all this stuff and then yeah it's i, I will say that so I, I by the way i should say we got codes for this game yes um but yeah it's we one of those it for free it's one of those Not all where of us. <laughs> it's one of those where like at first when you play you go oh my gosh this doesn't look great and stuff but it's uh, i saw an article on kotaku he's like i will eventually review just cause four once i stop having fun just <laughs> attaching balloons to everything because mm-hmm. that's kind of the like what they were touting about this game uh before it launched was the whole weather system and, and to be honest I'm, a few hours in i haven't haven't seen any of that i haven't seen the hurricanes and stuff that you're supposed to come up against but the fultoning shit yeah. is amazing and hilarious so basically that's kind of the new thing in this game is you can customize your grapple thing on your arm so that not only can you just yeah attach a grappling hook and and parachute up and pull yourself places, mm-hmm. now you can attach both little Fulton balloons, which make things float up, and boosters, which were uh, I think those were grenades in the last game. They they were things you could throw onto like cars and, right. and get them to like do jumps over rivers and things like this. So that you kind of get those almost from the start in this game, and you can customize it to be like oh you have different levels of lift and different levels of boost with these things and. And they do encourage you through missions, like one mission I just did, you quickly meet this uh, movie director, and she has you doing these stunts, which really are teaching you how to, how to use the thing. So, like, the first thing you do for her is you get a boat to kind of do a wheelie in the water by using the boost, and it blows, it, it jumps off a jump and, and blows up, right? But one of the other ones I, I quickly did is someone's like, okay, the director needs a shot of me flying in the air. You have to attach balloons and boosters to just a human being and watch them ragdoll, like, oh. like hundreds of feet away Sweet. from you. So this is one of those games where, like, I have laughed out loud multiple times. And the game is, it is self-aware enough to know that it's stupid and funny in bits. Like, like Rico's dialogue, he's just like, yeah, I recorded lines. You don't, don't pay attention to any of this mm-hmm. stuff. Just have fun in this, this really weird, yeah. janky, broken sandbox. I just like attaching five tethers between a tower and the ground, and eventually it just gets pulled over yes which that's from the last game like the tether mm-hmm. was the new thing in the last game which is yeah you 
one of the best things you can do if you like run out of ammo with your guns, which actually happens way too often in this yeah. game, start use, what you quickly realize is your tether is the best weapon in the game. You can, if you're being chased by two carloads of dudes, just tether them to each other, and it will pull them toward each other. Yeah, I mean, and that, that was in two as well. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's to the point though. There is some broken parts. Like one of the first missions in the game, I had to use my tethering system to get through the mission because my car, the car I was surfing on, just got stuck on like a bump in the road. So I had to attach some balloons to it to eventually lift it over that bump. And then the computer got it back on track, right? So as long as you're willing to put up with a little bit of that weird, broken stuff, I think it's really fun. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it, like, if you if you want the anti-RDR2, like an open-world game that just lets you be broken and, and has tons of, like, random moments, uh, you might want to check out Just Cause 4. Yeah, absolutely. Also out this week, Monster Boy and the Cursed Kingdom, which was is like a spiritual successor to the Wonder Boy series. And I thought, like, oh, is this, like, another remaster from the people who did uh, Wonder Boy 3, Dragon's Trap? No, it is a completely new game by a different team that is beautifully animated. And uh, as one review pointed out, Dragon's Trap was uh, basically putting a new coat of paint over classic old-school gameplay. This is uh, 2018 gameplay. Uh, So while it's a side-scroller, it, like, does all these little things... It has all these concessions to modern gameplay mm-hmm. and certain things that you expect. And, uh, like, you know, it gives you a shield right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. you, you just need to solve this little water puzzle to, to get it. And it kind of tells you, like, oh, here's this thing. Here's how to use it. Um, here's where you go next. And you know, it holds your hand a little it, more. It reminds than, me a lot like of the Shantae games. Is, yeah. is that... yeah, it's very, very Shantae. Okay. Um, you, yeah, you, you have these uh, battles against huge bosses. And uh, this... this this game was originally titled The Wizard of Booze. <laughs> so Monster Boy and the Wizard of Booze. And they they change it. And I got the straight-facedness of the Wikipedia page just kills me because it's like, it was changed because in America, booze is slang for alcoholic beverages. And yeah. like, my... But that's the thing. Like, it's about your uncle gets really drunk with a magic wand and starts going around just turning people into monsters. Because I thought it could have been like an actual like language difference thing. Is this a Japanese developer or is are they in America? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I thought I I thought it could have been one of those where they just didn't know booze was alcohol. I think I think it is uh, Japanese, and I I know at least that they like Dragon's Trap. They they had the involvement of Wonder Boy's creator. Okay, so um, but you but you said it actually it is intentional because your uncle is just yeah, and drunk. and they they kind of pull a Nintendo with this because he just talks. He's he's flying around on a magic barrel and just <laughs> keeps like draining this bottle, and then he's like. Oh, I got to find more royal nectar. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> to be honest, that just sounds like Norse mythology. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like a god of. flying on a flying barrel. Mm-hmm. It absolutely does. And uh, and yeah, because he's going nuts with the magic wand, you get turned into different things. The first thing you get turned into is that pig with the eye patch yeah. that you've seen in previous Wonder Boy games. And uh, yeah, it, it's kind of cool because everything has different abilities. The pig, for example, has an extra sensitive snout. So whenever you see like clouds... Uh, you can go up and uh, hit a button to sniff, and it will reveal little hints or mechanisms that you might not have found otherwise. Mm. Um, and you can turn into a dragon or a lion, and everybody has different powers. Uh, and eventually, I guess you, you get the ability to control these transformations instead of just 
having to like, okay, well now I'm I'm a pig for a while. Yeah, that's the state I'm at. But this is an all new thing because I think if I remember correctly, Wonder Boy, one of the cool things it did that the Halo Master Chief Collection thing where you could just revert back to the original graphics yes. and go back and forth between. But this because it's all new. Yeah, there there are no original yeah, graphics. No original. It's just this is how it looks. Yeah, and yeah, it's it, it, like you said, it's very Shantae, specifically the last. Shantae game, which I'm blanking on the name, even uh, though it's Pirates like, Curse or Half Genie Hero might have or... been Half Genie Hero, where it's like, it's not pixely, it's it's hand animated. It's hand hand yeah. animated, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I was like actually when I saw this was out, I was surprised WayForward wasn't publishing it. Yeah, like, it looks it, like a WayForward game. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But but you like it? I do. I like it quite a bit. I'm um, gonna play it more. Also, we we should go back. One of our inspirations for this week's top five, three ah, games yes. came out. Uh, so Persona Three. Dancing in Moonlight, Persona 4, Dancing in Night, and Persona 5, Dancing in Starlight all came out. I've only played a demo of five at PAX. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, it's Persona music, so that's kick-ass, right? Yeah. But I think all of these games sort of, from what I played in the demo, they suffer from that problem we've talked about before. They are showing you a lot of really pretty and cool stuff on the screen. Unfortunately, I can't see any of that shit because I'm trying to see what button and arrows I need to press next. <laughs> yeah. And well, so it's like watching someone play this game might be fun. All that stuff is around the edge. And I, I really wish, like, I by the time I remembered this was coming out, it was like 2 a.m. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't, I can't do this now. Um, but I, I have played uh, Dancing All Night, the, the first Persona 4 game. And, like, that was, it's it feels like less a dancing game and more like there's this rhythm mini game. But mostly this is a visual novel. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just punctuated with these animated dance sequences. So um, I'm hoping this one's a little heavier on gameplay. But it is interesting that, like, I, I didn't realize uh, there was another Persona 4 game coming up, but Persona, the Dancing in Moonlight and Dancing in Starlight are actually parallel games because the, the plot is that, like, uh, well, the Velvet Room pulls uh, the Phantom Thieves and the protagonist from 3 together, for like one competition in one night to see who's the best dancers. Mm. And uh, this is not only is this not canon, it's not canon in the story because it's like, well, the, the characters memories will be wiped when this is done. Yeah. This is, it's I double mean, fake. Uh -huh. Persona has all these weird spinoffs. There was like a Persona fighting game, right? Yeah. And, uh, which was supposed to be pretty good. Um, Persona Arena? Persona 3 Arena? Yeah, it was not bad. Yeah. I remember having pretty a lot of fun with it. Uh, the other big release this week, and this says probably more about the state of all the other games coming out than anything, but because you, you guys know I'm a huge Destiny 2 fan, so the Black Armory DLC came out. I haven't played it. I haven't even had a chance to glance its direction because we are trying to play through everything for our Game of the Year recordings, mm -hmm. and so uh, I will eventually get back there, <laughs> although I feel burned a lot with Destiny DLC lately because it'll be like three or four months later. It'll be practically free when they have to push their next DLC, so... Hopefully I'll get around to this one, but if not, well, I know I'll save some money and get to play it for free in the future. Yep. And of course, Smash Brothers Ultimate, Katamari Damashi Rerolled, and PUBG on PS4. None of those we've been able to play because it's Wednesday. I mean, PUBG, you know what PUBG is. You mm -hmm. know, it's like, hey, PS4 first yep. chance to get it. I'm, I'm anxious about Katamari Damashi Rerolled. I mean, we all, I'm sure, played the original Katamari when it came out. I mean, it's yes. just that. It's an HD version. Yeah, but that's HD the best the one there ever game. was. Yeah. Do you guys know, is this one $60 or were they selling this for less? I would be surprised if it was $60 considering the original was 20 when right. it came out. Yeah, that's, that, that's kind of the point I was about to make is like, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, though. I played it. I don't feel like I need to go back to it. 
But I love the fact that it exists for people who didn't get to play that game. I don't think I finished it, and it's on Switch, right? What? Yeah, it's twenty nine ninety nine. Oh, okay. Thank God. Take my <laughs> uh, Yeah, it's definitely a good game for Switch. Like, literally any flight from now until whenever. It's, yeah, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll play a level of Katamari. Why not? Yeah, sure. All right. Well, uh, that's about it for new releases. So let's move into... The Game Awards have happened by this point, uh, rendering all news that we have to share irrelevant. But go ahead, Matt. <laughs> ah, some I, of this is still relevant. Uh, so I'll start with Epic is opening their own game store. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, Epic's Tim Sweeney did an interview this week where they kind of revealed, so Epic's new store should uh, basically have a better revenue split for developers and publishers uh, where uh, that beats out Steam's typical revenue split, which uh, I saw I was reading on, on game, gamesindustry.biz. Uh, the typical Steam rev split is 70-30. Uh, and then they're saying this one, devs are going to get to keep 88% of the revenue. So wow. Epic is only taking 12%. Uh, it gets even better if your game uses the Unreal Engine. They will waive the royalty uh, if you're when you're selling it on that store, right? So that, that makes the... the you get just taking home more of that money and not mm-hmm. having to give up 30% all of a sudden creates a viable competitor to to steam you know yeah. i think the biggest advantage steam well, has and will always have is it's it's install base it's it's massive yes i mean the install base is massive it's extremely easy to use and you have that consistent library there's the whole thing that i mean apple relies on this a lot is once you've invested in an ecosystem it's really tough to pull mm-hmm. someone away from that ecosystem because you yeah, have but friends I think lists. That's, that's why they're striking when the iron's hot because they have the one game in town that they're introducing people to pc play who don't know about steam right mm-hmm. and that's that's how they're able to do this is they have a billion maybe i don't know how many players have played have played fortnite but really it's fortnite that has enabled this because fortnite has never been available on steam you have to sign up for, for an Epic account and get the Epic client. So basically, they now have a huge built-in install base of all these Fortnite PC players mm-hmm. uh, that already have the client on their machine. Blizzard does something really similar with Battle.net. right? It's like once once you download that, it's very easy for them to cross-promote their other games. But they, they use it primarily just to sell you other Blizzard games. Mm-hmm. You know? Or uh, Destiny, right? Uh, well, I think that's it's been rumored that Activision might have made them do that but yes you can also get destiny although i got it for free they were like giving away destiny 2 for free on pc through that client anyway that's another story uh so so some details on this on the epic game store it, when it launches they're gonna they're saying they have a hand curated set of games on pc and mac um and then they expect to open that up and have a lot more games next year uh some of the other cool stuff they have they didn't give many details of how this would work, but they have what they're calling a support-a-creator program. So this is designed to reward YouTube and Twitch content creators for highlighting developers' games. My guess would be, this is pure speculation, the way this probably works is if you're promoting a game and you send people through an Epic link, you will get some sort of rev share or split of that game. Kind of like, I think Twitch was doing this, where yeah. if you sold games through your channel, you, you would get some kickback of that. Hmm. So I'm guessing that's that's what this is. But it's very smart to think that way about the store. Uh, and then Tim, so Tim Sweeney in an interview also said, and this is, again, how I think they're going to try to build up a lot of people. And we've noticed a lot of Steam competitors doing this in the past couple of years. 
they are going to be giving out one free game every two weeks throughout 2019. Uh, and so uh, good old games or GOG does this a lot. Even Twitch was doing this with their Twitch client. Um, so it's one of those things where the best way to get people addicted to using your ecosystem is to give them a huge library of games in that ecosystem and getting them used to using that. So yeah, Epic's going to be doing that and you get, I mean, if for nothing else, people just, just download the thing and get some free games next year. You know, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good deal. It's free. Again, same with origin. You get free games. Yeah. That's right. kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, this is this is one of those things though where it's like there've been a lot of people that try to compete with Steam mm-hmm. uh, and, and or Valve, I should say, with 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 Steam. This all of a sudden becomes viable just because they have such an enormous game. I mean, Chris, you sent us a picture. You're seeing Fortnite standees in Walmart's. Like this is this it's the is... biggest video game obelisk I've ever seen yeah. in a Walmart. Yeah. Period. With, with no game on sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't. You don't really need Steam to play Fortnite. It's a free game. Right. Yeah. I mean, the only I'll... thing is, you can't keep it in your Steam library. Right. Or but... get Steam achievements. You didn't need Steam to play Half Life Two, except mm. Valve made you. Ah, that's true. Yep. Yep. So I think that's kind of if one game can launch a platform, hmm. that's this right. That's right. And and I had to say, but Fortnite is way bigger than Half Life Two ever was. Or, or yeah, became, yeah. Like already, Fortnite is huge. Absolutely. We'll yeah. probably get a Fortnite Three before there's a Fall or Half Life Three. Ah, you started to say Fallout. You must be looking ahead. So in the next big news, when we look back at 2018, we will all remember the great Fallout 76 canvas bag controversy. Of Which 2018. is to say, we'll remember the great. Yes. <laughs> Canvas back controversy. Wow. You even you use my monkey ball for Switch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where that that would be perfect I for it. Come Real. on. You got the, the gyro controls built <laughs> in. Nope. Nope. Turning it off. God, I want monkey ball back. I, I the last time I even talked about it was that VG Empire we did, and that shit was that lovely. That was three and a half years ago. Think of yeah. the mini games. Uh oh. so yeah, this the the Fallout seventy six thing. Oh, basically what happened is um there was a $200 version of the game, the collector's edition, the power armor edition, Ooh. where they advertised a really cool canvas bag. And then when it shipped, you ended up getting a really cheapo nylon bag, mm. which sucks. But that can happen, you know, mm. with pre-orders. It's like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe it they... can happen. It always happens. They're always pieces of shit. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it could be one of those things where, you know, when they're sourcing it, it's like, oh, we couldn't make enough of the canvas. one. Whoever knows, right? Uh, the reason they did this. But... Uh, when people started pointing it out. So that became a big uproar. Uh, so they agreed, okay, we'll reimburse you. Um, well, all they agreed to give people that was about $5 worth of in-game currency, so which was like, that sucked. It got worse, though, when news broke that uh, Bethesda had actually given out not the same canvas bags, but canvas bags to, quote-unquote, influencers at an event oh, nice. prior to the launch of Fallout 76. Now, I will tell you guys this. Like, not to... Like, I'm not taking any side or anything here, but I will just tell you this. Those are not the same bags. They do not come from the same budget. The same people at Bethesda did not know those bags existed. Like, it, mm. it, if you know anything about how to market games and who is creating those bags and doing what, the people that were creating bags for those influencers were not the people designing this, the collector's edition of this fucking game, dude. It's ridiculous. So, uh, yeah, that really shouldn't have been as big an issue as it was. Frank, what? what are you laughing at? <laughs> I just all I hear is bags, bags, bags. <laughs> Too many bags. <laughs> no shit. Um, Where do you put uh, all these? By the way, thir- the thirty twenty ten update. Guess what show ended twenty years ago? Moonlighting. <laughs> Close. 
think think a more a hotter on screen couple, Bob and Dave. Show something. No. No. That's what Brett was referencing. So, yeah, so, so the quick the quick ending to this story. It's the chemistry's off the chart. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys ever watch It's Bob and David? <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the kind of story that like makes me against uh, consumer rights. <laughs> I like if you paid that much money for a stupid fucking bag, it's hard to have sympathy for you. <laughs> well, they were they were given it with the promise of one thing and they were delivered they, another yeah. thing right and i yeah. think they bethesda did the right thing but it's just like you bought a fucking bag dude it's a fendi bag chris <laughs> jesus but the, well, so i would want the bag i was sold <laughs> I, unfortunately the story currently doesn't have a really happy ending so like they are making good they finally agreed yes we will get you canvas bags unfortunately uh the customer support site that you're submitting tickets to ended up leaking users' private info oh, to God. each other. So it's just like, oh, my God, Bethesda, could you have a worse week right now? Like, oh, Stick to single-player video games, Bethesda. Uh, yeah. I mean, Fallout 76 already... Like, like Linda had... Carter said. <laughs> Flew too close to the sun. Mm. Yeah, that was just... That became a thing. I don't know. I think, I think when you get your canvas bag, I want you to enjoy it, but I also think you should be required uh, to bring it with you wherever you go and explain why you got it to every homeless person you see. Ouch. (laughs) It's just a stupid bag with a fucking logo on it. What's wrong with people? Uh, That is one of the unique things working in San Francisco is you see a lot of homeless guys with game shirts on because there's always extras left over. A bunch of shuttered social media ripoff companies. Yes. So, I mean, like Michael mentioned, the Game Awards will have happened. Are you sure by the they're time. homeless dudes and not just game journalists? <laughs> oh, jeez. I mean, um, I know our, our grooming standards aren't always up to par. It's true. Please so, continue. So, the Game Awards will have aired by the time this show uh, yes. this show goes live. So, I'm not even going to speculate on like what games will be announced, but it is worth talking about a couple that we know are confirmed have been announced. So, uh, earlier in the week, the official Far Cry Twitter account. Uh, released a teaser trailer for the next Far Cry game that is supposed to be revealed in full at the Game Awards. If you've played Far Cry 5, you will know what this game is a follow-up to. If you haven't, spoiler alert, maybe skip ahead, let's say a minute. I don't I don't know. But basically, this game is supposed to take place after the events of the ending of Far Cry 5. It's a post-apocalyptic game, so it's after the bomb has dropped. Uh, and basically what this game looks like is... It's, fallout that the bethesda should have made instead of Fallout 76 like it literally shows a guy loading up a crossbow with a saw blade uh and and it looks very much like a it's a post-apocalyptic far cry game yeah and if any of those fucking cds are still in those trucks out there they will also play john denver music (laughs) (laughs) and then you can load them into your crossbow uh, I, I like, look like Revolution to X. Talking more about this next week. <laughs> Revolution yeah, X. You should, nice. shoot CDs at people. Revolution X. <laughs> uh, th- to me, this screams like you know how Far Cry has like those weird in between games like Primal, where it's like it's not the numbered entries, but it's like hey, we're or, or Blood Dragon. It's like we're doing something different. That's what this reeks of to me. So my guess will be this isn't Far Cry Six. This is probably an in between thing, but I don't know. I mean, no comment from me because uh, uh, none of you are under NDA. So. <laughs> So one of the announcements that might have happened, I just have to bring this up because the theories are so conspiracy theory bullshit that I love it. And hopefully it happens. So Nintendo is teasing uh, this week that tune in to the Game Awards. There is something for you to see. 
earlier in the week, a Swedish retailer... It's that monkey ball, man. It's coming. <laughs> no, it's not. But it might... It's the Metroid Prime Trilogy. Uh, so earlier in the week, a oh, Swedish retailer yeah. kind of um, leaked... Or they had a listing for that that they had to yank down. But I'm excited about that if that ter- if that turns out to have been what it is. But here's, here's why <laughs> I love it. Um, back in September, Jeff Keighley posted a picture of himself with Reggie and Wolfgang Puck, of all people... And in that photo, uh, the the tweet – it's a tweet actually. And the tweet just says, see you in December. But in that photo, Reggie is wearing a Metroid t-shirt mm. underneath his blazer. Nice. Mm. Which – can I just talk about how much I fucking hate executives announcing games through t-shirts they're wearing? Like remember a few years ago where like Sean from Sony, Sean Layton was wearing like a Crash shirt and everyone was like, ah, oh, there's going to be a Crash Remastered thing. And, and there was a Battletoad shirt a couple years yeah. ago. It's actually announcing an upscale sandwich, the Metroid <laughs> Parm. <laughs> but I mean, I, the Metroid Prime trilogy on Wii was mm-hmm. an amazing package of like they they took. I mean, Prime is one of my favorite games of all Amazingly time. Amazingly expensive now. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah. Don't, I hope you bought it and didn't get rid of it. But yeah, I bought it and, mm-hmm. and took it out of the plastic wrap like well, a moron. Well, I did it because I wanted. To, well, I yeah. think I re- I actually reviewed it and I gave it Same a ten here. because I was. Yes. Uh, Prime alone to me was a, is a was one of my favorite games of all time, uh, and probably to this day remains like among the among the highest. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they it was one of the few games where when they added motion control, they added sixteen by nine like full widescreen support, and playing through Metroid Prime all over again like that really enhanced the experience for me. And playing and to bring that to Switch, I guess it's not quite the same because it's not like you have the Wii Remote and that exact sensor bar and all that. I mean, you, you can detach the Joy-Cons and play like that. Yeah. You can, and, and well, that may be the way, the way to go, um, but well, just well, that... Hold on, one, one second. Like, okay, first, the Metroid Prime Trilogy, they reconverted 1 and 2 to work with Wii controls, right? Well, yeah, they they, they changed it to be... Because, you know, GameCube was 4x3, so they changed it to be 16x9 and, like, completely... You know, retooled the game to support that, and then also added all the motion controls, kind of taking cues from what they did for Prime Three, which debuted on Wii in the first place. Yeah, but sixteen but, by nine. I mean, it was Wii. Number. It's still four eighty p, though, right? Like we we didn't support seven. No, it didn't support seven twenty. So it was still standard def yeah. back then. So yeah. I, I didn't play Prime Three. Is is could you play Prime Three without motion controls? No, it was it was fully Wii integrated. Launched in 07. Yeah. Um So. The idea of having this on Switch to have all three there, and like you said, you take the Joy Cons off, and it's presumably on par with Motion Plus. I don't, I don't know how one to one. Well, that, that was is. that was my next. Have we seen a Wii game converted to the Switch at this point? A Wii only game. Um, yeah, like a because we were talking about Skyward Sword next week, and like that's probably not possible because we don't know what the technical. Yeah, because it launched with like Motion. The, well, it didn't launch with Motion Plus, but they really like. Hey, we, we it took us, you know, this is the result of years of like research and technology to get us to this point where this is super responsive and it was a lot of waggling, but I ended up really enjoying Skyward Sword because of how they built all the enemies and encounters around those motion controls and Prime Trilogy did the same thing. Like Prime 3 I thought was very smart about do this to like pull things away from enemies and use this to aim more accurately and do this for this gesture. Yeah. I also thought Red Steel Two was awesome, so I would love to see them bring yeah. that back. Yeah. yeah, but just to my, to my knowledge, we don't have like a Wii exclusive conversion for Switch that works with Joy-Con motion control. Not, not off the top of my head. Yeah, I, I can't think of it. I mean, if I saw a list or something, but I don't think so. But so that's why this makes sense. And if they've got Prime Four waiting in the wings, it seems like yeah, this Metroid is 
It's a very on-again, off-again brand where they will be kind of really active for like a year or two at a time and then taking multiple years off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's because um, Japan doesn't believe in it. <clears throat> and every once in a while you can tell North America, like Nintendo of America must convince them like, no, this will sell yeah. well. And it will. Sure. It will sell well here. And might, might someday do a top five about games that are really popular in the U.S., but uh, Japan doesn't believe in like this and bionic commando <laughs> didn't what wasn't there one you did that is like big in japan i think heidi might have been on that or maybe i'm just completely making that up no that, that sounds familiar show. yeah where it's like games that are big outside the u.s but aren't big mm-hmm. here yeah i, I think, think there was a laser time about that like things that are huge everywhere else in the world but not David Hasselhoff. like soccer hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i mean football uh no soccer so yeah it <clears throat> I think it's it's nice that like yeah, Metroid Prime Trilogy is just locked on the Wii mm. in standard def. Did it get like a Wii U virtual? Okay. Did it end up on Wii U in some weird way? It did, but you did could it? use Wii remotes. With yeah, that, yeah, like, yeah, just out yeah. of the box. But I thought, yeah, it came there digitally, right? Yeah, it did. Um, but yeah, if that if that ends up bearing out to be true, I would actually be pretty happy. I about hope that. it's true. I, I somehow never yeah. got around to three, and I've. I, I think I got the trilogy and like, don't, even at the time when you said don't open that, and I haven't. I've never opened the trilogy. I mean, if anything, I, I can just say um, the biggest knock against 2 and 3 is that they were very similar to 1 and maybe didn't uh, expand on the formula as much as some people would have hoped. But yeah, 1 I, was so groundbreaking yeah, and so yeah. like just everything you it, it took like eight years before you got another metroid so to see that and then they reimagine it completely as a first person game like to do that twice is is asking I, a lot I, well i was just gonna say like i didn't need it to change that much like one yeah. was so good that it's like i yeah. having more of one twice over was totally fine and to, yeah. and to to do it as a trilogy and have some some resolution in that trilogy is totally fine like you don't yeah, always yeah. have to fucking reinvent sure. every time you know so. yeah and and yeah i'm glad they took a break because after after the third one i was like i i enjoyed this but i'm good with the break yeah. so the fact they're working on four and it's been 11 years since the last one, I am definitely ready for another one. Yep. Uh, uh, real quick switch news. So the December uh, switch online games for the month include Ninja Gaiden, oh, oh. Uh, Wario's Woods, which is kind of like Dr. Mario. Uh, I believe the only a- NES game with an ESRB rating. Oh, shit. Oh, wow. Uh, and then Adventures of Lolo. Woo. Which, by the way, uh, a few months ago, weeks ago, I, I tweeted out a, a meme that was like, uh, What's the most useless thing that you still have memorized? And mine was the last level of Adventures of Lolo. The password is GCVT. And now it's not useless anymore, motherfuckers. Jean-Claude Van Tan. Yeah, that's that's it. That's that's the initials. Um, Ninja Gaiden, all in on that. Uh, Oh, yeah. Still been practicing speedruns and... uh, Love that game. Are they and doing it, that thing where they enhance all of these games for multiplayer, or is it still just like some of them have that? Because how would you do Ninja well, Gaiden? Well, I thought it was just if a game had some kind of asynchronous two-player thing, okay, then they, you yeah, could do that. Enable that. Okay. That was my impression. I mean, you'd have to do that that horrible, like, two players take turns. Yeah, that's thing. what I... Yeah. yeah. Um, not to keep plugging it, but also this week on 302010, Ninja Gaiden. Oh, cool. 30 years old uh, this week. Oh, the arcade one? Or Famicom? I think the arcade one, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the NES one, I, at least in the U.S., famously opens with a Tecmo 1989 thing. But maybe, yeah, arcade probably. Yeah. Yep. And oh, that's one of my favorite games of all time. Oh, same. That's all the news that's fit to play. All right. Well, let's get into the community segment, which, as always, is segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, tell us what sweet, sweet deals you picked up on Black Friday. Brett, did you get anything? <laughs> 
no. Okay. <laughs> I bought. Glad I asked. The, I bought the Gradius three vinyl from oh. Ship to Shore. I oh, think that's today. pretty awesome. Yep. Doubt that was on sale though. Uh, it, it debuted on Black Friday, so it was at least a hey, we're releasing this for pre mm. for sale on Black Friday. I also bought myself a new jacket. Oh, From a local store. Wow. Thank you very much. As did last week's guest. What's up with the jacket? A local like store for jacket. local people. Shop local. Yeah. Sure. Um, well. Michael. Shop Brett. Sto- please start shopping local. <laughs> I'm sure. Why are you still here? Was it made locally, Brett? I, I don't know. Honestly. <laughs> Was it was it made from? It was made on Mars, probably. Sheep yeah. shorn in the. It was made foothills. from raccoons captured That's in right. San Jose. <laughs> yes, they were, they were. They were read the Harry Potter books and like <laughs> raised on <laughs> local grasses. <laughs> Bought at a little store, a little independent department store called Macy's. That's right. Oh, yeah. So you you were there too. <laughs> That's crazy. There's there's only that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's just yeah. the one, just the one. Dying mine was M apostrophe. Mine was M apostrophe Aces. I don't know yeah. if that's different. <laughs> it's like Johns instead of Vons that I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just always amazed that this local store has a, a big parade in New York every year. You yeah. think they'd have it in San Francisco? Absolutely. Um, anyway, well, Tim was the first to answer. I love that he uh, got that username. Says this Black Friday, my girlfriend and I were hoping to get the two hundred dollars Spider-Man PS4 from GameStop. They were all out, of course, but they did have a $300 system with a $50 gift card. I got Bloodborne, the game I've been needing for three years, and my girlfriend got Spyro. We brought the games up to the desk, and the clerk told us he had a Spyro bundle for $5 extra that included a pair of Spyro socks. We were unsure until he offered to throw in a Spyro keychain as well. Where's all the Spyro stuff coming from? <laughs> from the Spyro factory. Wait, can GameStop people like negotiate with you now? Like, I'll throw in a Spyro keychain. I mean, what up- if I throw in this mouse pad? <laughs> they can upsell you. Like, look, I got this worthless shit behind the counter. You want to take it? It's five dollars extra. What uh, state is this store in? <laughs> a state of confusion. Is it the Carnival Games mascot that was selling you that thing? I. I've had like only four beers. Jesus Christ! I swear to God, if you didn't buy those beers locally, (laughs) (laughs) they're local beers from the local Stella Artois. Um, After Michael has four beers, he becomes the narrator on the Cyclone Pinball Machine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And you guys are old. Uh, So. Uh, keychain and socks. We sighed and agreed, and I called dibs on the socks. I'm wearing them now. And the keychain is on my girlfriend's car keys. I've low-key never loved a pair of socks more. What do Spyro socks look like? Are they just Spyro's head or something? I guess, yeah. I don't know. For you fellow sock fans, I picked up Target has a fucking sock advent calendar. We're not doing uh, this. I We're not advertising yes. sock advent calendars on a video game show. I'm gotta sorry. Go. I, got, I got four minutes, man. <laughs> we talked for 20 right. minutes yeah, about a fucking bag. So on <laughs> VigiGamePocalypse.com, we had Tim. Now we have Tony. Just Tony. Uh, Tony. Hey, Tony. <laughs> Tony says, thanks to Mr. Rapares for hmm. the great recommendation. When I saw Starlink Battle for Atlas <laughs> on sale <laughs> with the Star Fox ship for 60 bucks, I didn't even realize it was couch co-op. And I got when I got home, it didn't take much convincing to get the wife to grab player two. Flying around in that R-Wing as Star Fox brought back so many good memories from childhood. This game feels exactly what I expect a modern Star Fox game to be like. Right? You know what it feels like to me is what No Man's Sky should have felt like. Mm. That's my big take on Starlink. It's really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
JJB Sterling says, uh, so this can double as a follow-up from my Facebook post asking for help about deciding between buying God of War and Spider-Man, because I ended up buying both during the PSN sale. I kind of rushed through Spider-Man's story already, but I'll be back there to hunt for collectibles and maybe platinum it, because hot dang, that game is good. Still working through God of War, so I'll reserve any judgment on that for now. And from the official Facebook Laser Time community, Aaron Chato says, First thing I did was head to my local Advanced Auto Parts <laughs> a Fram oil filter in some Gastrol D- GTX. Oh, I was oh. prepping for a Sunday afternoon oil change, but then I bought, I bought some antifreeze 50-50, of course, and some additional rear brake lights just in case. I then went to the supermarket, bought some chicken breasts, a container of smoked paprika and cumin, running low on those spices, by the way, and a six-pack of bagels. Oh, Finally, I went to the credit union and worked on my car loan, meeting the payment with additional interest. This is so. So you played Animal Crossing all day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, VGA. Was I meant to say I bought a TV or a new PS4? Well, sorry. Some of us have to take care of the essentials like auto maintenance and dinner. Oh, we all have to take care of the essentials. We just don't talk about them on podcasts. <laughs> Very responsible. Yes. Michael Grimm, we all know it's you, not Aaron yes. <laughs> Uh John Lanigan <laughs> says, I bought South Park the Fractured But Whole Gold Edition, Rise of the Tomb Raider 20-Year Celebration, Hitman Complete First Season, and Assassin's Creed Origins Gold for about 60 bucks on Steam's Autumn Sale. Super excited to have these games added to my back library of hundreds of games. I'll get to them eventually. Yeah, you've just added nope. 400 hours of content to your backlog, my friend. Oh, Good yes. luck with all that. Nope. Um, from Twitter, at the illiterate one says... AC Odyssey for $27. This nice. game kicks major ass. Best deal ever. <laughs> At Nefdog says, scored AC Origins and Odyssey. Michael, please, come on. Uh, for I pick I, these. I, I pick less, these. Than a, less than a full price game like you guys mentioned on the show. Now, if only I could buy time to play them. I'm sensing a theme here. This is the true uh, Twilight Zone. You'll never have enough time to play all of this. No. Mm-hmm. And if you do, your glasses will fall. And all your monitors break. broke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was time now. But even he's dead by now. Mm. So, you know, nothing That's matters. True. Please continue. Oodles O'Dim says, I got an Amazon Echo Gen 3 for 24.99 pounds in US dollars. That's about $68,000. <laughs> not inaccurate. Uh, uh, well, not after Brexit, my friend. Yeah. Uh, at the Killens Dorio, am I pronouncing that? The Killens Dorio says, PSVR, Tomb Raider, two Whoa. copies of God of War, Forza Battlefront 2, Big Shot, Doom VFR, Star Trek, L.A. Noir, Life is Strange, Soul Calibur, Mega Man X, Rocket League, and XBO Controller. Then I bought Tetris Effect a few days later, not on sale. Is this a monster truck rally? I didn't, yes. wa- I didn't want to stop you because you're on a roll. It's Bioshock, not Big Shock. Yeah. Yeah. Did I say Big Shock? <laughs> he said yeah, Big, big Shock. shock. Bioshock. <laughs> big shock. I mean, there's, there's that little red uh, line uh, underneath. It was yes, yeah. yes. The Big Shock is a regional energy drink. You're right. <laughs> it's like Big Red. A slave obeys his thirst. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I did not. I thought that was a pretty shitty one. But, right. A man chooses a man Sprite. Choose. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Is that right, still right. their tagline? Has it been like <laughs> probably? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure LeBron James says that. Um, uh, I hope Killing Dory. 
you know, you bought a lot of games. You should consider becoming a patron. Uh, <laughs> but Swamp Posting says, I got a decently specced gaming laptop for a good price, and I got Far Cry 5 on it. I also got Spider-Man and DBZ Fighters on the PS4. Now, if I can get a deal where I can have time to play all these games, I'll be a happy boy. Another person needing time. <laughs> yeah, we're all in that boat. Mm. If I could save time in a bottle and give it as a Christmas If I gift. could turn back time. Come on, uh, no? no I'd play share? Bioshock. <laughs> oh, just picturing Matt in a thong dancing on a naval ship. <laughs> I, right. I promise I'll send you that video later. Mm. Oh, this is a pretty good... Uh, New question of the week suggestion you've got. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, new question of the week. Tell us some of your favorite lesser-known game music tracks, and we'll have a mini listening party on next week's show. Uh, there's one that I kind of wanted to get to this week, but uh, thought of it too late. Castle of Dragon. Did anybody play this? Did, uh, anybody, did you play this? <laughs> did you guys hear about this? Did see this? Did you see this? Uh, no. It sounds familiar. NES? It's an NES game. Yes. Uh, adaptation of an arcade game. It's a shooter? Ha- no, it's no. it's a side-scrolling, kind of horrible, uh, like, f- not not quite fighter, but you're just moving from side to side. You're a great big knight. Uh, the further you get, the more armor you get added onto yourself. And you're eventually fighting these huge, impossible monsters. But it has just a banger of a theme song. And uh, actually, you know, I'm going to pull it up right now. Nice. Yeah. A bass. Fly away. It sounds like the, <laughs> sounds like a DBZ theme in a different key. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. All right. Who else has one? I, I was actually going to just text Brett this week, and after I was reading read Josh's article, what was that game you you highlighted on Game Music of the Week? It was a golf game that had a oh, great dude, Golf Power theme. on NES. Golf Power. Golf Power. Like, it, it's, it's it's ridiculous. It's it's so melancholy and heartbreaking and sad, and it's a golf game with some some golf player I've never heard of. Greg Norman's golf power. <laughs> oh man! So the Greg, this it's, is it. Here's the shark. Oh, this is good stuff. It's complicated. Uh, there's this song, and then there's also the one another track. But oh, here you go. I think the other one's the sadder one, but but I mean, I, there's only like two songs in the game, so I would definitely. <laughs> but this that's another result of us just let's listen to every game in the NES and find music. Yeah. Um, before MP3s, it was just us like going through every game and plug, hooking them up to a cassette deck. And recording music and making our own tapes. It was a great time to be alive. Uh, super highly inconvenient. We found a way to do it with my stereo, but it had audio in, but it would only work if a CD was playing, and then we could record it to a tape. Oh, so, uh, hey, 90s kids, we had to, every time we wanted to tape a NES song onto a tape, we had to put on the Nirvana CD that has the big-ass silence in the, in the <laughs> middle. <laughs> Uh, what's the, and it has that secret track after like 20 minutes what's it called Moist Vagina uh, is that the name of the song I <laughs> uh, couldn't help you on that one my first I'm not exposure kidding. to that was Tool's album where they did that yeah. and it's like the weird uh, pseudo televangelist thing about the 
hearing the cries of the carrots. Yeah. I know Dookie had one and KMFDM Nile had one as well. Mm. Uh, like mid- early 90s is a hotbed for that. Oh, I yeah, yeah, yeah. And who could forget crackers? Oh, <laughs> man. Cracker, Euro Trash Girl, hidden on the CD. All right, so I have kind of two two entries. The first one, I don't know if this is lesser known, but um, I got to give a shout out to Grant Kirkhope, uh, mm. who was kind of Rare's in house mm. composer. Mm-hmm. And particularly, like, the music on Viva Pinata is just like. It's really good. It's amazing. But he has the signature sound. It's kind of like these island beats mm. with a lot of this stuff you know if you listen to like old donkey kong country games and stuff like that but uh this i will use as a plug for vgm uh, my real pick is actually uh marshall parker and sam pal came back and composed music for shadowrun returns which was the revival of the shadowrun video game series oh. those two had composed the original music from the SNES and Genesis mm. versions. And the reason oh, Brett shit. is going, hmm, is because on VGM, he did a Shadowrun uh, show dedicated entirely to Shadowrun music, which is like very synth-heavy, cyberpunky. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like what you think of when you think cyberpunk. Sure. And they came back for that Shadowrun Returns reboot, which is kind of the tactical RPG mm. stuff. Uh, and they did that music, and so it was awesome because... I, I definitely remember the SNES version playing that growing up, and so hearing updated versions of that music uh, were excellent and awesome. And those are really fun. If you like tactical RPG uh, games, those are really fun games as well. So I do recommend all of those. Uh, I would call out a specific track. I don't have a specific <laughs> track. It's just like I mean the Shadowrun theme from SNES. Oh, that's me leaning on the keyboard. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, wait for it. it comes in this part. It's very Doom. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of uh, Rise of the Dragon. Also, the old dynamics Sierra. Oh, wow. oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this. Ooh. I can just see Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting Jesse Ventura for no yep. reason. Yeah, yeah, this is very Predator. I can see a 16-bit silhouette of Arnold rising up, <laughs> and he's like 900 feet tall for some yeah. reason. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest uh, the entirety of VGEmpire.com, uh, seven <laughs> years' worth of episodes that are this exact topic. I feel like that Elemental Master song I played earlier in the show oh, that was sweet. is so definitely good. that, but I mean, I couldn't even tell you where to even start. Um, but the weirdest one-off thing that really always comes to mind the Alien 3 soundtrack for Sega Genesis is also nuts, but I would always go back to Turbo Turtle Adventure. Oh my god. Yeah. The Space, <laughs> Space Station, Station song yeah. from Turbo Turtle Adventure on Game Boy Advance is the game itself is is whatever. It's a you know a budget like navigate this turtle around weird mazes. It's whatever. And we bought it and like this game has such horrible box art and we just stared at it at Toys R Us for months and finally like Fine, I'll buy you just to get this thing out of here. And then we play this game, and we get to the space station stage. Like, this song rules. It closed out one of the first talk radars ever. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, weirdly full of determination and this resolve. When it's the... Modesty. The goofiest-looking game. And it has not been serious at all yet. Yeah, I don't know. This, like, when I just got here and I put the GBA down, like, damn. This little hook here. 
then it loops. Like, it's so pleasant. I love it. Again, kind of reminds me of, like, the old Amiga soundtrack yeah. from the 90s. I see you looking up Crash Dummies. Uh, yeah, that's the other one I thought we were going to... Uh, yeah, the NES got, Crash Dummies. Up, uh, the Incredible Crash Dummies has incredible music. Uh, Crash Dummies Stage 2 is, is a, for me, it's a Kissy Fingers, Antonio Banderas reaction gif. <laughs> Here we go. And it's it's hyperactive as hell. Holy shit. This is taking me on a wild ride. <laughs> Buckle your safety belt. And the walk cycle, the walk animation for this dude sucks. It's just really weird. <laughs> but I guess actually he's supposed to be in a collection of non-muscular, non-skeletal yeah. parts, so I guess he should move weird. I didn't make it past stage one, so they're not on wheels forever. That's the stage, that's the odd-numbered stages, ah. and the even-numbered stages are this guy. Here we go, get ready. Clear it out, bring the bass back in. Again, this is Jeff Fallen, I think. I think uh, it's Tim, Tim or Jeff, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. And then, here comes the loop. It's just full-on hyperactive circus music, but it's really good. I just love that we have these, like, unknown Van Halen brothers of video game music, <laughs> yeah. right? It's yeah. like, oh, yeah. Also, does anyone remember Incredible Crash Dummies? Like, I mean, I know we do, because yeah. we're old, but, like... It no, was I never heard of it. So weird that, like, there's that, that safety, like, yeah. seatbelt safety campaign that somehow spawned a cartoon and toys and video games. <laughs> so yeah, did the horrific. government did the US government make them or are they from I another country so. or what was I it? Like the seatbelt campaign and they had they had a weird CG animated show. Yes, I watched that a lot for some reason. Doesn't it feel like something where a car company like lost a lawsuit and the government <laughs> made them yeah. create those is like okay. And I think one of the the most underrated toys ever like this constantly crashable car yeah. where they would explode. Uh, my dad to this day wall. still has one of the characters whose name is Dent on the dashboard of his van. <laughs> of course. To this day. <laughs> Never um, give up. I still see the crash dummies every year when I go home. Um, it's oh, it's weird. But yeah, it's like we do this got milk and beef. It's what's for dinner thing, and I'm like, are crash dummies like the good one? Maybe. <laughs> Where they're you can tr- learn a lot from a dummy. Yeah, bucket your safety mm-hmm. belt. I swear, was that a, that was a PSA like from yes. state or federal? I can only give you one answer, Brett, and that's. Mm-hmm. There we go. I get it. Wong. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also would be surprised if yeah, it's from Norway, and we just brought it over here. Yeah, could yeah. yeah. be. All right. Well, so what? What was the question? I've already forgotten. <laughs> Tell us your favorite Crash Dummy memory. <laughs> your, yeah. your your lesser known favorite game music. Yeah. All right. So what's what's your favorite lesser known game music? Let us know. Go to vidigameapocalypse.com. Answer under the comments for episode two hundred and ninety three. YouTube links a plus in this case, and we'll again turn it into a big listening party next week. Uh, if that doesn't work out for you, we are also on Facebook. The official. Laser Time community on Facebook. You can answer there, or you can hit us up on Twitter at VG Apocalypse. So that's been our show. Brett, do you want to plug VG Empire one more time? No, I think you just did. The whole show. Uh, but yeah, there's seven <laughs> years worth of game podcasts there. Um, the Donkey Kong Country one's really fun. Um, all the Rocktobers are fun. Um, Tropical Freeze, actually, we gave Album of the Year, I think, 2014 when it came out. Um, oh, Dan Reichert would be pleased. That soundtrack is outrageously... And it's um, 
it's just so varied and rich and it, it sounds like Grant Kirkhope, but it's not. <clears throat> it's like very Grant Kirkhope. Yeah, it's David Wise. I think mostly, if not, I don't think it's entirely him. I think it's some mixture of, of other composers. But it, it, I, we did. I did. An, I interviewed David Wise on the site and asked questions about the songs. But um, yeah, I just encourage you to go just scrub through that site and find an episode that leaps out to you. It's on iTunes as well. So, all right. And don't forget to listen to Laser Time this week. It's a game episode. Uh, where uh, two buddies stop by and tell me a married couple who has an interesting way of playing co-op games together that I feel kind of old just because I've never ever heard of this process but hearing that some of you huh no not naked (laughs) but like how do you both play a single player game together and not in the way you would think Um, the idea of playing Red Dead together the same way you would watch a Netflix show together is that possible and they have tips and it was neat um, and also on 3020 this week is exciting. I, I had to hold my breath and say South Park, the N64 game, is now 20 wow. years old. And that game is a <laughs> wow. horrific thing to revisit. Which means you're getting close uh, to Turok 2 turning 20. Yep. yep. Oh, I fucking hate that iguana. I never want to see it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 302010 is a fantastic show that I encourage you to listen to. Uh, some game talk there, but man, a ton of fun movies to talk about this week. Brett, you would like it. I got to talk about the Montreal screw job again because wow, nice. Wrestling with Shadows is 20 years old, and that is one of my favorite wrestling documentaries. Brett ever. screwed Brett. It's an incredible, like, completely industry changing and frankly, 90s culture changing moment. Like, I know, like, I know we talk about wrestling a lot back in the day, but like, that defined without that, you don't get the next like four years of yep. wrestling, which yep. is. Which is Stone Cold and Rock and all that. Like, mm. so many things... Their most successful period. Yeah, period. so many things, you know, trickled down from that, that if that hadn't happened, there's no way to even predict what would have happened, and then who would have been a star, and what would have happened. It's, it's crazy. I talked about a little bit more of that as well, but, like, what you said also with the miraculous instance that the National Canadian Film Board was walking around following Bret Hart with cameras... <laughs> That we got to see this yeah. because if WWE was filming it, we never would have. Yeah, uh, and because he had creative control, he was allowed to have a documentary being filmed about him. That like, it's a it's astonishing that we have this documentary. If you know wrestling like I do, you might even say that could all be a work. Just gonna say. Uh, that people still talk about it like that, but yeah. it's kind of impossible. Yeah, the, <laughs> but, only, uh, the only reason I wouldn't is just because of like how like he wouldn't jump a company and then go. Over no, where they no, kept, no, no, they no, kept, no, they no, kept no. losing. But in any other, in any other thing, I'd be like, "There's that one percent chance it's all a, it's, it's all a work." It's all a work. Yeah, but uh, that, that's that's my the, my most fascinating takeaway. But there's Shakespeare in Love, bunch of fun movies. You've got mail. Uh, wow, yeah, Ninja Guide in South Park. Oh, shit. It is fun. Damn. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys so much for listening to this show. And you can support us by going to patreoncom time. That supports everybody you hear on the network, keeps us in equipment, all of our hosting, and. Uh, and CDN fees up and happening. So thank you guys so much for your support. Price of a cup of coffee uh, can do all that. Make the shows a reality. Uh, continue to be a reality in the 2019 uh, as well as uh, get a weekly exclusive show. Hopefully an exclusive limited series coming up. If you like the cartoon thing I did for Halloween, do you think I'm not doing that for Christmas? Oh, shit. You might be, I might be sneaking some uh, out-of-print shit uh, behind YouTube copy fil- copyright filters. Ooh, so please enjoy nice. that. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much for uh, all of your support. Thanks for coming, Brett. Thanks. Yeah, I just thank saw your. You. I just saw the name of your track is Chris from a Rose, <laughs> which is pretty pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Um, so Michael already kind of plugged it, but yeah, if you enjoy listening to the shows and want to take the next step and join a community of like-minded Laser Time Network fans, hop on over to the official Laser Time Facebook community. Uh, it is a closed group. 
We do that for a reason, just to keep like spam accounts and stuff out of there. It's super easy to join. All you keep do, the roof raff away. That's right. You just make a request, and I think we have like a simple question, like "What's your favorite podcast?" Just just say VGA and you're in, uh, or Laser Time, or yeah. or Thirty Two Time. It's all good. It's Tokyo all good. Elevator or VGM. You can say VGM. <laughs> we'll even let you in with VGM. Maybe I don't know. I have to think about it. Uh, but I'm over there. I'm an admin over there, uh, and I can guarantee you there will be a post with the question of the week because I do that every week go at the show where you can go answer. So yeah, join the official Laser Time Facebook community. Uh, if you want to follow me, I'm on Twitter at Maddie C Allen. All right, well, that's been our show. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, we're at VG Apocalypse once again. And you can follow me personally at Wikiparas. Thanks again. We'll see you next week. Can you grab me a beer? <laughs> no, I don't have any. <laughs> I don't believe I record you. this sober because I might need to drive at 3 a.m. Oh, yeah. oh, God. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, thank you for bearing with us. Oh, this is going to be interest- interesting. This is going to be an all-nighter that, you know, ends in uh, the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How is that different from your regular week? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> so it's going to be Not around Tuesday. Christmas. That can happen. <laughs>